Welcome to the Reluctant Messenger podcast, where we discuss spiritually transformative events, encounters with angels and guides, out-of-body explorations, and much more. This episode originally aired as a video on my YouTube channel. You can find links on my website at candacesanderson.com. I want to welcome you. My name is Candace Sanderson, and today is episode eight in my throwback series. In this series, I revisit older messages that were not covered in any of my books. Wisdom can often be found in these earlier passages, but with time, the words take on a different meaning. I receive a a new perspective. Perhaps I wasn't ready for that viewpoint with the first message. I, I don't know. But I searched, and on the front end of my journal, I found a message that I had received less than two months after I began channeling. For those who follow me, you know that I often end my recordings with a statement or two about kindness. But when I read this message that I'm about to share, I realized I just might have found the very first message about kindness. But this was not me sharing how to be kind to others and ourselves. Instead, it was a message for me about these things. As I read this message from my journal, I had another understanding, and I realized that these words were no longer meant for me. No, this message was meant for someone who would hear them either through my YouTube channel or my podcast. So, whomever you are, this is for you. Let me read my journal entry from October 15th, 2013, while I was driving to work early one morning. Back then, this was the most ideal time for me to receive messages. I would get in my car, buckle up, turn on the engine. Then I would get my cell phone, open my recording app and hit record, and away we would go, both the messages and my trip to work. Of course, it's so early in the morning, there's no traffic, and I I need to tell you that I am alert enough to drive and talk at the same time. But let me share what was the, well, what I think was the backstory to this message. I had forgotten someone's birthday, a birthday I should not have forgotten. I was so embarrassed and humiliated. I am not very forgiving of myself when something like this happens. I felt so bad about it. And I'm pretty sure this was, maybe not all, but at least part of the premise behind the message. Let me read the message to you. October 15th, 2013. Do not measure your worth by how early you get to work or how much work you do. Measurement of your worth is dependent upon how much love you give to yourself. Just those two sentences really hit home. The first one. 
I have always prided myself in getting to work the earliest of anyone and often staying later than anyone else. But you see, I took that to an extreme, going to work as early as 4.30 in the morning, four hours early. The latest I ever stayed was at one o'clock on a Sunday morning. Yes, that meant working all day on my day off, Saturday, and into the wee hours of Sunday morning. But I just had so much work to do. It was impossible to do what needed to be done during the normal 40 to 50 hour work week. This was something I was compelled to do, but I hadn't thought of this overwork as an attempted measure of self-worth until the messenger said this. It certainly highlighted that martyr role, that martyr aspect of my life. No one, poor me, no one works as hard as I do. No one can help me. It's all up to me. I laugh now. That is so unhealthy. But I did not see it at the time. I didn't have enough time to see it. I would sometimes work so hard that I would go two or three days without eating. I didn't have the time. Not healthy on many, many levels. But now let's contrast that concept with the second sentence where the messengers say that the measurement of your worth is dependent upon how much you love yourself, how much love you give to yourself. Nothing could be farther from how I thought of myself than those words. My worth depends on how much love I give myself. I felt like I was always giving to others. And most of them would never know what I had to do in the background to keep the machine working. It was always about others. It was never about me. So when I heard that second sentence, I did a double take. The message continues. It is time for you to embrace what is now and live each moment as it should be. Bring back the energy and the power to yourself. The messenger then begins speaking of something I knew nothing about. Not only shamanism, but energy. So let's hear it. The shamans talk of giving away power. Power is an energy wave. It is part of that life force that keeps you young and healthy. I clearly understood the next analogy. It, referring to the energy wave of power, is like a bank. If you keep withdrawing and withdrawing, your funds are depleted. If you keep what is yours, then with interest, your base grows. Keep the power. Reclaim the power, for it is yours and belongs to no one else. Later on, I received messages from shamans and most importantly from White Buffalo. I talk about that in a chapter called Stampede in the Reluctant Messenger, 
And then I have a short book by that same name, Stampede, in the series called From the Reluctant Messenger. But shamanism was new to me at this time. Remember, it was October 2013, less than two months after my first channeled message. This message speaks of the importance of self-love and that being selfish is not negative. My upbringing suggested that self-love is egotistical. It is selfish. But now I know how important it is. Why would I put the welfare of others over my own well-being? So when I read this message back in 2013, it was news to me that my worth was measured by how much love I gave myself. That should have been a game changer for me back then. But I'm not always a fast learner. It took me quite some time for that concept to actually sink in. Self-love is what would empower me. This is a good example of breaking through belief systems. It is a process like removing one brick at a time from the foundation of a building. Eventually, you remove enough and the entire base will crumble. But it takes time until you reach that tipping point. When that happens, though, the building on top of the foundation will crumble on its own accord. Our beliefs are so strong that we often do not recognize them for what they are, beliefs. Often, long-term patterns that we live by, we think are laws, just like it's the law of the land, just like the law of gravity. It's a constant. It doesn't change. It's true. It's just how things are. But once we question these foundational structures, we begin to see them for what they truly are, beliefs, constructs, stuff that we make up because we've been programmed to think a certain way, how to act, how to identify with other concepts. A big belief for me was that the world is defined by our five physical senses. And anything outside of that is nonsense or wishful thinking or fantasy or maybe, just as my training as a psychologist taught me, pathology. Back in 2013, when this message arrived, I had made a change in my life. I didn't think much of it at the time because it didn't seem that significant. But the messengers let me know how important it was and how it actually dovetailed into my new experiences into the 5D. Let me explain. A friend of mine showed me some beautiful bracelets that she had made from Swarovski crystal beads. They were absolutely gorgeous. She had them in different colors, and they were all so shiny and bright. Breathtaking, really. They were just gorgeous. But she showed me how to make them. And what really surprised me is that I took up a hobby, jewelry making. 
I tell you this as the background because it is related to the rest of the message. So let me go back and read that to you. Take a lesson from those tiny, beautiful beads. Each one of them is perfect with the brilliance and reflection of the world around it. This is why you love them so much, for they are the microcosm of the macrocosm. You, too, are like a beautiful, tiny crystal, just trying to shine through. Your brilliance will shine forth as you begin to reclaim your power. Eliminating those dark energy blockages will help fine-tune your vibrations and allow for the crystalline flow of energy from source. Never would I have thought that a new hobby like jewelry making would be part of my spiritual journey. But it was. And this new hobby actually helped me learn some valuable lessons. As I began making these delicate, intricate bracelets out of shiny crystal beads, I learned how to enjoy the moment. I wasn't in the past or the future. I had to be in the present moment. If I missed a stitch, I would have to start all over. And each bracelet took over an hour to make. So making a mistake at the very end, which I did several times, was painful. But it was a valuable lesson. I needed to be present, totally present. I had to be on top of my game. If I neared the end of a bracelet and I was tired, I'd learned it was much better to put it aside and finish it the next day. Trying to push through when I was tired did not work. I would make mistakes. I had to be attentive and in the present, fully, fully present. But as I revisited this message, I realized there was another aspect that was just as important. There were more noteworthy references. The crystals are like a microcosm of the macrocosm. They also said that I am like one of those beautiful crystals, just trying to shine through, trying to reclaim my power by eliminating dark energy blockages. As we let energy flow through us, our blockages diminish. That dark energy, those blocks, are flushed out of our system. And when that happens, it makes room for the brilliant light of the crystal to shine. And as a messenger stated, it is the crystalline flow of energy from source. Brilliant, clear, crisp, beautiful, pure, multifaceted, reflecting all that is around it. The microcosm of the macrocosm. I think that is a beautiful analogy. As we stay in the present moment, we do allow our energy to flow. My first message was about a flower being a flower of energy. By being present, I became a conduit for the energy flow. 
the words from the messengers. This was precisely how I channeled when I drove to work each morning. I was present and alert, focused on my driving. Yet I allowed a small part of my awareness to open. And it was through this opening, this blossoming, that the messages flowed. I maintained my distance, and my training as a psychologist aided in that. I knew how to be the objective observer. I was not tied to the outcome. I would record the information, and then later, sometimes much later, I would research and analyze what I received. But the key was to be that flower of energy. This was in part what the messengers were telling me when they referred to power as an energy wave. Their words about shamans and how these great medicine men and women knew how to keep their power. They didn't give it away. Keeping that energy, that life force energy within keeps them healthy. That life force energy, as we hold it within, it grows. When I was channeling while driving to work, I did not judge the words from the messengers. I let them flow through me. As the words flowed, the energy associated with it stayed within me. And as I keep that energy wave within, it grows. I didn't judge the message. I didn't judge it as good, like, oh, look at me, I'm channeling, or whether it was bad, like, where is this coming from? Should I be worried? You know, have I become psychotic, which I knew I wasn't. But instead, I maintained a balance, an equilibrium, and I did this by remaining present. Like constructing a bracelet, one crystal at a time. I didn't slip down a rabbit hole. I stayed in the present moment. So who would have thought the process of constructing a beautiful crystal bracelet would be symbolic for communicating with the 5D? It does go back to that first message I received because it is all about the flow. Becoming one with that energy from the 5D as it filters through our 3D bodies and our energy bodies. And the clearer our energy fields are, just like those crystal beads, the more light shines through, reflecting where we are in this beautiful present moment. Dark clouds of stale energy dissipate as we go with the flow in this beautiful moment called the present. I hope you enjoyed this trip down memory lane. Thank you for inviting me into your homes. Feel free to like, subscribe, and all that we do on social media. And until next time, remember to be kind to others. And most importantly, be kind to yourself. Goodbye. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of The Reluctant Messenger. I hope you enjoyed it. Until next time, remember, how we use our personal energy is what defines us. 
Bring in those vibrations of love and gratitude and see how your life will change.